So I've been uh, going, I'm going a little off script, but I really like what it says because when we read the uh, Christian scriptures, we believe we're doing more than simply studying ancient texts. And I've looked at a couple versions of this and tried to get a handle on not only how scripture applies to me personally, but how it applies to our contemporary society. And in this one, Hebrews 4, 1 through 11, it says, we are promised rest. And to that, I say hallelujah. So let's just take a moment uh, of silence to clear our minds and quiet our hearts so we can listen to God's word and see how it applies to us. So our reading today comes from the epistle to the Hebrews, and it was a letter written to the early church. Therefore, since the promise that we can enter into rest is still open, let's be careful so that none of you will appear to miss it. We also had the good news preached to us just as the Israelites did. However, the message they heard didn't help them because they weren't united in faith with the ones who listen to it. We who have faith are entering the rest. As God said, and because of my anger, I swore they will never enter into my rest. Yet God's works were completed at the foundation of the world. Then somewhere he said this about the seventh day of creation. God rested on the seventh day from all his works. But again, In the passage above, God said, they will never enter my rest. Therefore, it's left open for some to enter it, and the ones who had the good news preached to them before it didn't enter because of disobedience. Just as it says in the passage above, God designates a certain day as today. When he says through David much later, today if you hear his voice, don't have stubborn hearts. If Joshua gave the Israelites rest, God wouldn't have spoken about another day later on. So you see that a Sabbath rest is left open for God's people. The one who entered God's rest also rested from his works, just as God rested from his own. Therefore, let's make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience. God, we are thankful that you're here. To us tonight. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think for a moment about what you're looking forward to these days something coming up in your life, something maybe circled on your calendar that you're really excited about. Maybe it's upcoming trip, Labor Day plans, maybe a big birthday celebration. Maybe it's the opposite, like after a full summer, you're excited for maybe just settling in this fall, just just being here this fall. What do you have circled on your calendar right now? Something two weeks away, three months away that you just can't wait for. What are you looking forward to? Maybe it's a new niece or nephew or grandbaby coming into the world. Maybe it's the start of a new semester. Maybe it's already the end of that semester that you can't wait for. You have that circled. 
on your calendar. Maybe you look ahead and you are just looking forward to a new season in your life. Maybe you're not exactly sure what it is or even how it will come about, but you're just ready for something new, for something new to break through in your life, for something to get easier. Maybe it's a new job you're hoping for, waiting for, looking forward to. Maybe new friends. Maybe some of the fog you feel, you're just ready for it to lift. Maybe for your body to recover in some way or, or your new medication to kick in to start, start working. What are you looking forward to? What are you anticipating? Maybe some of you are hungry and you're ready for dinner and you just really want me to keep this kind of short, you know? We don't always get what we want, Anna. I don't know. <laughs> what are you looking forward to right now? Tonight we're wrapping up this summer-long series on Sabbath, and each week we've examined a different aspect on this ancient practice of Sabbath. We've peered at this gem from all these different angles. Sabbath as worship. Sabbath as justice. Sabbath as play, Sabbath as uh, the way we relate to technology, Sabbath as slowing down, Sabbath as a day of delight, Sabbath as this overarching thread going through all of Scripture. And so one final thought tonight, and I actually will keep it short, Sabbath as anticipation. Sabbath as anticipation. So let me explain. In our passage that John just read, we read about a rest that is offered to us right here right now, a today rest, an invitation for today, the voice of God speaking to us, the voice of God breaking in to our ordinary everyday life, our ordinary everyday experience, God offering us rest, not just physical rest, although yes, that. Last week, we had a panel up here sharing about their experience of Sabbath, like the goodness of it and the challenges of it, and someone up here named that we have to be okay, uh, we have to learn how to listen to our bodies when our bodies are screaming for rest, to pay attention to what's going on in our actual body, to not just keep pushing or pushing harder or pushing through, but to pay attention to our body's need for sleep, for limits, for slowing down. But the today rest that we're reading about in Scripture, it's also a a spiritual rest, a spiritual rest. All of our striving for belonging, for belovedness, kind of twisting yourself in knots, our restless pursuit of worth, of identity apart from God, our anxious kind of clinging to control, constantly trying to prove ourselves to God, the voice of God breaks in and invites us to something else, to rest, to learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So a little bit of context of Hebrews 4, what John read. Hebrews chapter 4 is quoting Psalm 95. And it refers back to a period of time when God was leading his people, the Israelites, to the promised land. That God had brought them out of slavery, out of oppression, and was now leading them to the land he promised to give them, albeit taking the really long way to get there. But the Israelites didn't trust God, didn't trust that God would keep God's word because the circumstances around them seemed to call into question God's goodness and God's trustworthiness. But the writer of Hebrews says that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story, that the promise that we can enter into rest is still open. So what is this rest? If we zoom out for a moment, we see that Sabbath was a day of rest commanded by God, once a week, one day out of seven. But Sabbath was always more than just a day. 
It was always a sign. It was always a sign pointing to the future, pointing to God's future, a future day when God would act to heal this world. And throughout the Gospels, Jesus has this really interesting relationship with the Sabbath in that the religious leaders keep calling him out for breaking the Sabbath. They keep calling him out for doing it wrong. And at the same time, Jesus calls himself the Lord of the Sabbath. That Jesus makes this claim about himself that if Sabbath was a sign pointing to a future day, if Sabbath was a sign pointing to a future not yet day, Jesus makes this claim that the Sabbath is fulfilled in him, that, that he is what that sign was pointing to, that the very thing the sign was pointing towards was, was Jesus himself. Today is the day, Jesus was saying, now is the time that God is acting to heal our world. Good news, God has not given up on us. God has not abandoned us. God will not do that. God is committed to this creation that God loves, and everything that God said is coming true in Jesus. And then Jesus was crucified and from the cross said, it is finished. And his followers claimed that he rose again on the third day and is now ascended, ruling everything, ruling the cosmos. And then this really peculiar thing happened. Remember the first followers of Jesus, they were all faithful Jews. But immediately, they switched their day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. This change happened from the very beginning of the church. Why? Because Jesus was raised from the dead on a Sunday, the first day of the week. And in their point of view, their understanding, the resurrection was the launch point of God's healing work. The launch point, the inauguration of God's new creation, of God's healing work in our world. And here we are in the book of Hebrews with the author making this surprising claim, saying Sabbath is today, calling us to enter the rest After the resurrection, Sabbath becomes not just a day on a calendar, one out of seven, or even just a sign pointing to the future, but actually Sabbath is found in a person, in Jesus, that Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus is the one who allows us to rest from all our labor, to find relief in our weariness, all that striving to prove yourself, all that twisting yourself in knots, all that anxiously climbing back on the treadmill, all that kind of clawing our way, trying to claw our way to belonging and belovedness, trying to work our way home again. Author and pastor Mark Buchanan puts it like this, the end of striving makes room for dwelling. The end of striving makes room for dwelling, that Jesus invites us into life with God. Now, how do we understand Sabbath as anticipation? Because, of course, if Jesus is our Sabbath rest, I think we all can be honest If you are a follower of Jesus, how much restlessness you feel. Nod your head so I know it's not just me. (laughs) Why is there so much of a lived experience of restlessness? On the one hand, I do think I'm called, we're called to keep learning this way of Jesus. This invitation to rest, physical, spiritual. And on the other hand, there's also this reality I want to name of of not yet. of, Of longings unfulfilled of desires unmet, of a future day, this reality of anticipation. I remember the first time I ever saw a Harry Potter film. Uh, I remember it well because it was 2009, and the sixth film in the series had just been released. So for those keeping track, I skipped over film one, 
two, three, four, and five, and jumped right in on film number six. And I was like, I can do it. I can just kind of figure it out, what's going on. Uh, my friends I was seeing it with, they're huge Harry Potter fans. They were so excited for the film to be released. And I was like, yeah, I want to go. This makes total sense. Uh, and I remember like, you know, being there, <laughs> and, and everything's unfolding on the screen, and I don't have you know, the context and the backstory that much. I mean, I, you know, I knew, I knew who Harry was, right? But, and I would like throughout the film kind of like lean over to my friend, you know, like, what is a horcrux? <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know, like I just had a few questions throughout the course of the film. Scripture itself is telling one coherent story. And you can jump in on Hebrews chapter four, but it's really helpful to know the context, to know the backstory. Scripture is telling one coherent, unified story, this trajectory of God's redemption and restoration, the story of God, the story of us, the story of God's unwavering commitment to God's creation. And it's really helpful to know what came before. It's really helpful to know the, the telos, the end goal, where we're headed. And so the slide up here that Chuck so masterfully created for me <laughs> uh, it's illustrating a little bit of, of where we are, of where we are in the story, and this, this overlapping time between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. That we live between that, between when Jesus first came and when he'll come again, between the beginning of God's new creation and the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, and when that new creation will be fully here when Christ returns. And Hebrews chapter 4 is actually kind of orienting us, okay, people of God, how do we live in that tension? How do we live in that today rest, but not yet fully here rest? How do we hold that tension? How do we live in that? A promise that is for today and a promise that's for a future day. A today rest and a not yet rest. A not yet rest, a not yet here rest. That we're waiting for God's redemptive work to be fully completed, finished, that we're waiting for God to do what he said he's going to do and make all the wrongs right and wipe away all the tears for the old order of things of sin and evil and death to be fully undone, that today we see in part and one day we're going to see in full, that today we know something of the rest that Jesus offers us and one day we're going to know it completely. Sabbath as anticipation. That one day a week, stop. You are not what you do. Stop. God sees you in your weariness and in the company of God's people, figure out what it means to get off the treadmill. Stop. Cease your work. Rest. Gather with God's people around dining room tables and the Lord's table. Stop. Cease your work. Rest. Worship and delight and joy as resistance to a culture of nonstop consumption. Stop and raise your glass to the king who has died and is risen and will come again. In other words, every Sabbath is an anticipation. Every Sabbath is an anticipation of the age to come when God's kingdom is fully here and heaven and earth are made one, which also means that every Sabbath is this exercise of not giving up, of keeping our hearts alive to hope that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. 
that every Sabbath is a little foretaste, awakening our hearts to the goodness and trustworthiness of God. Awakening our hearts to the reality of God, the promises of God, the nearness of God, that we are not alone, that God has not given up and won't give up, that God will do what God said he's going to do, that every Sabbath is one of anticipation. Not in a way that shuts us off from the pain of this world, not in a way that shuts us off from the suffering of this world, but in a way that when the Sabbath day comes to a close, we're moved to live in this world as people of courage and hope, justice and peace. That we're headed towards a day of future rest. We read this in 2 Corinthians, the message. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. And him, this is what we preach and pray, the great amen, God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting his yes within us. By his spirit, he has stamped us with his eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. After the resurrection, the Sabbath is not just a day on the calendar. It's not even just a sign pointing to the future. It's found in a person, in Jesus himself. That in Jesus, all of God's promises find their yes. And that we're invited to, to live in that tension, yeah. To hold that tension, yes. The now of Jesus as our Sabbath and the, the not yet of that future day. Years ago, I sat with with a beloved family member in, in the ICU. I sat with my sister for, for weeks in ICU. And I remember all the sounds around me, like the incessant beeping of machines, the activity of the nurses' station and nurses coming in and out, the, the rhythmic movement of, of life support. And I think most of all, I remember the sounds from, from next door, hearing the, the pained, anguished cries of, of people one room over, as their loved one died. Some of you know that all too well. I've sat with people in hospital rooms as they breathed their last, and in living rooms as they grieved their miscarriage, or as they tried to process what does life look like now without their husband or without their son. And of course, all these questions come up, like, God, where are you? What are you doing? What are you going to do with all this anguish? What will you do with death itself? What will you do with all the longings that we carry for wholeness in our bodies and our families and our spirits and our minds? What do you do with all our longings for this world to be made right? Every Sabbath is this exercise in not giving up, in reorienting our hearts to God, in keeping our hearts alive to hope that God in Christ will heal it all, that God in Christ will defeat death itself, that God in Christ will raise us to life, that God in Christ will make all things new, that Christ has died and Christ is risen and Christ will come again. There seems to be this sort of urgency for the writer of Hebrews and his word and his or her tone. We don't know who wrote it. And I would say tonight, Don't shut down your heart towards God, to what God is saying, to open yourself to God's voice, to the invitation of Jesus, to rest. When I was working on this message, when I get stuck, I hand it to Chuck. (laughs) And Chuck came back to me, and he asked me a question, which is so helpful, Chuck. And he said, "Uh, well, what what about you? Like, when have you experienced 
Jesus inviting you in to rest, into rest that felt like a gift from God. Where in your story, when in your life, have you experienced Jesus offering you rest? And so as I thought about that for myself, as I sat with that question, it seems to me, for me, it seems often to be an ongoing process, an ongoing learning, an ongoing releasing, an ongoing struggle to release. The shame I carry when I don't feel like a good enough parent. The anxiety I carry just from past wounds and past hurts. Maybe the feelings I carry as a pastor, feeling like I'm not doing enough or enough in some way. And all those parts of me, all those places in my life, the way that Jesus just keeps coming to me. Keeps moving in close. Keeps inviting me to trust Jesus there. To keep learning to lay those things down, and to rest, to learn again and again and again that Christ holds all things together, including my kids, including my whole story, including this church. Let's open ourselves to what God is saying tonight, to what God's saying to you. This whole series, this whole summer, this one invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. For a few moments in the quiet, just say, okay, God, what are you saying to me tonight? Just open yourself to the work of the Spirit in you. Take a few moments to pray, to say yes to God's work in you. God, as we wrap up this series tonight, I pray that you would continue to speak, continue to bring your healing presence, continue to guide us by your spirit. I pray over myself and each of us for our week ahead that you would help us to hear your voice and to respond, to pay attention to where and how you're inviting us to slow down, to lay down burdens, to discover again your goodness and your trustworthiness. And so we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.